0: Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 210, a victory installment of the SCO show. Mark Schofield in the big chair for today, Wednesday, October 11th, 2021. The New England Patriots survive, survive in advance. In a week, you're starting four new offensive linemen. You're going on the road. Road games, always tough in the National Football League. On a week where, week where it seemed like, my goodness, everything could spin wildly out of control. And in the first half, it kind of did. They found a way to win. And the great Phil Perry, the Senator Phil Perry, on Twitter Sunday after the victory said the phrase, survive in advance. And exact, it's exactly right. Sometimes in the NFL, and I've said this before on this show, you just need to survive in advance. You find a way to get a W. You take the win you apply the lessons from that victory, the good and the bad, and you move forward. And that's exactly what the New England Patriots did in a 25-22 victory over the Houston Texans, getting them to 2-3 and three on the young season. And it's the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs. So, hey, there's something to be said for that. In this installment of the SCO Show, we're going to talk about Mac Jones, of course. We're going to talk about the run game. But before we do any of that, Please do follow along with the hijinks on the Bird app at Mark Schofield. Follow along with the work at the usual places. USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Big Blue View, Bloody Green Nation, Here at Pat's Pulpit, Blog and the Boys. All sorts of places you could find me. And speaking of that, longtime listeners to this show, followers of my work, you're probably familiar with the Three Throws series that I do on Twitter usually Monday, sometimes into Tuesday, sometimes some Friday stuff, if something catches my fancy from the Thursday night games. And basically what I do with that, you know, after watching each quarterback, I try to find, if I can, three plays that are interesting, that are good throws, good reads, good job sort of executing a concept. If there's some cool stuff to talk about, like, hey, look at this route combination and how it stresses the coverage this way. If you would have told me say, back in August, or even if you would have told me back in April when I did a video on Davis Mills with Matt Waldman and Dan Hammond, or when we watched in the Slack channel some Davis Mills on a Saturday afternoon, if you would have told me that, hey, Mark, um, after the week that the Patriots play the Houston Texans, you're going to be doing one of those videos on Davis Mills, I would have said you were crazy. I would have said you were insane. I would have said, please give me some of whatever it is you are putting into your body that gives you the impression that I would be doing a three-throws video on Davis Mills, especially in a game in which he lost. But I did one Wednesday, Monday morning. And so I think we have to start the first half of the show talking about the defense because leading into this game, I was on the, the Pat's Nation podcast uh, with Keegan, with Ryan, with Pat last week. We talked about how do you defend Davis Mills, and I thought you'd see some blitz coverage, some blitz stuff at times, some drop-8 coverage at other times, try to confuse him. the Patriots, by and large, did some good stuff against them defensively, at least from a schematic standpoint. He completed 21 of 29 for 312, three touchdowns. And there was a YOLO element to some of those plays. But let's sort of talk a little bit in the first half of the show about the defense, how it have sort of evolved over the course of this game. Because they came out and just really punched New England in the mouth, right? They get the opening kickoff, go on this long marathon of a drive, culminating in a touchdown pass from Mills to Anthony Onclair for an 11-yard touchdown. But that came with under five minutes to go in the first quarter. They held the ball for basically the first 10 minutes of this game. And it was Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram on the first four plays of the game, four runs. A lot of Davis Mills running of the football. And it really sort of set up the 3rd one touchdown where, you know, as a defense, you've been on the field for almost the entirety of the first quarter, right? And what do they do? They come out heavy again. Two tight ends, three tight ends. They did a lot of three tight ends in this game. You've got your 3-4, quote-unquote, base defense in the game. You've got everybody down there the line of scrimmage, right? You watch this play. Every defender is within five yards of the line of scrimmage. You go play action, you release one of the tight ends, and he's wide open. And, you know, they switch the releases in a way because one of the tight ends, Farrell Brown, he comes in motion across the formation, Kyle Duggar is trailing him, he goes to the flat, Jawan Williams kind of picks him up expecting Duggar to switch to the inside tight end, Anthony LeClaire. It's a late switch. You get the touchdown. And it's a breakdown, sure. But it's a breakdown that kind of happens at the end of a long marathon of a drive where you guys are kind of exhausted. You've been battering, you've been battered with the run, and you get the play action touchdown. So then your offense scores. Both teams have missed the extra point. It's a six six game. You got a chance, okay, a little redemption, right? Get third and two. Let's get off the field. And you actually cover it well. Because you show pressure, then you drop. It's a drop eight situation. Mills wants to throw to the left where he's got the running back Johnson on a check down and tied to Jordan Aikens on a little spot row. Both recovered. to get the three over two there. Mills has to come off of it. All good. Now Mills is flushed to the right. Okay. That's fine. Matthew Judon, screaming like a banshee out of hell, gets a shot at him on a run. And he has to make this sort of ill-advised throw under pressure along the sideline. But somehow, somehow Moore comes down with it for a 67-yard touchdown. It's just a YOLO throw. You have forced him to come to his third read on the move under pressure. And it's a throw that, honestly, nine times out of ten, J.C. Jackson comes down with that. Mills just gets enough on it to get it over Jackson's head. But nine times out of ten, if you were to tell me everything up until that catch, this is how this play is going to unfold, I'd say, look, we're going to be okay. Now, the problem is Devin McCordy kind of overruns it because he's thinking this throw is high. I might have a chance to toe tap this for a pick and Moore is able to make a play on it. That's that touchdown, and I'm not going to lose my mind over that. You know, a play that is a little upsetting is the fourth and two conversion, right? Fourth and two, just under three minutes in the first half. It's a 12-6 game. You get a chance to get a stop here. Maybe I get a punt. Maybe... You know, maybe you force a turnover for your own. It's fourth down, so you won't get a punt, but you get the ball near midfield if you get a stop. Get a bunch of look to the right. Mills opens to the right. He wants to throw the speed out to Cooks just past the marker. But Kyle Van Noy does a good job of getting some interior pressure, flushes Mills to the right. They just lose... Conley in coverage and it's Juwan Williams who might have paid a bit of a price for this because if he's on him, if he's on this corner route this play is probably dead because the penetration, the interior pressure from Van Noy, has given J.C. Jackson a window has given J.C. Jackson an, an, an opportunity to close that window on the Cooks out route and now with Mills flushed if he throws that out route to Cooks, Jackson's going to probably break that up. The problem is Williams just completely loses Chris Conley in coverage. And Mills is able to make a nice throw on this corner route. Devin McCordy tries to cover the ground. He's a step late. Williams makes a good job to prevent the touchdown on this play. But that was a chance to get off the field. That was a chance to get off the field. Now, you did get Matthew Judon stepping up huge. You know, he had the sack on a first and goal from the seven, where Houston's trying some flow. They're trying to get him out, Mills out in the right flat. Judon doesn't bite on it, stays home, makes the sack. Then third and goal from the six. Judon again, great interior inside pass rush move really has the plan here, working against the right tackle. He's in that Y9 alignment, starts upfield, cross chop to get inside. Mills steps around it initially, but Judon doesn't give up, finishes the play. So what could have been, frankly, what should have been 19-6, ends up being 15-6. And Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots said after that moment, it felt like 15-6 was an epic win at that point. But it got even better. Because Mac Jones puts together a little bit of a drive, and you get the field goal. And so it could have been, you know, 19-6, and you were thinking, man, you know, this is this is not good. It's 15-9. So that was a huge sequence. Matthew Judon, that sequence right there, absolutely critical. You give up the huge play. Judon comes through with the two sacks to force the field goal. Jones and the offense go right down the field. They get a field goal. And you feel a little bit better about things, right? Now, obviously, there was a lot to talk about in the the second half, but I really want to focus on perhaps the big sack at the end of this game. That's Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins, who, you know, earlier this week was a member of the Detroit Lions, now with the New England Patriots. He gets a huge sack in a huge situation. It's second and eight. Houston has the ball at their own twenty-eight about 8.52 left in this game tie game 22-22 and New England mugs the A-gaps right you've got both Juwan Bentley in the A-gap between the right guard and the center and you've got Jamie Collins in the other A-gap between the left guard and the center and they run one of those blitz games right where what you're trying to do you both show blitz if the center opens to you you drop if he opens away you blitz it's a read blitz. Saban's done it. Others have done it. Belichick has done it. And it's a good thing to do against any quarterback, really, because you're not even so much attacking the quarterback as you are the center. But it's anytime you can do a, a blitz like this against a rookie quarterback, it's a good thing. Mills has an opportunity to throw one of two potential quick throws. He's got the tight end on a little stick. He's got their slot receiver, Conley, on a slant, both of which are open. The probably is Bentley and Collins play this so well, they both blitz initially. The center gets caught, Britt, in between the two. On the edge over the right tackle, Christian Barmore does a very good job with an interior move between the guard and the tackle. The right guard is threatened by that, so he opens to the outside. Center still caught in a bind. Collins has started like he's blitz, and he takes a step back. So the center then turns to Bentley, and Bentley is already dropping off. And by the time the center then looks back to Collins, Collins is past him, and he's in Davis Mills' lap, and you get the 8-yard sack. You know, that sets up 3rd and 16. You know, they made a good throw on 3rd and 16. Brandon Cooks on the out, on the little curl. Mills kind of sticks it in there, but it's short. It's short and they're forced to punt. Mac Jones and company go down the field and get the game-winning field goal. And you know that sack from Collins w- was critical. So, you know we talked a little bit about some of the breakdowns, but the way the defense responded, Judon before halftime, Collins with that sack, the defense did enough. Did enough. Survive and advance. Up next, we'll talk a little bit about the Patriots from the offensive perspective. We're gonna talk a little run game. We're gonna talk some Mac Jones. That's ahead here on episode 210 of the Go Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 210 of the SCO show. And let's talk about the offense a bit because we'll get to Mac Jones. But I've, but first, look, some credit to the offensive line here. If you would have to told me going in that this offensive line, you're going to see Justin Herron at left tackle, Ferenc at left guard, Andrews at center, Karras at right guard, Kajus at right tackle, and they're going to walk out of there with allowing one sack. I would have taken that in a heartbeat. Running game wasn't great, but it was good. And we're going to talk about one play in particular. But I would have taken that in an absolute heartbeat. And that's exactly what we got. For the most part, the offensive line handled things really well. And it kind of showed up on one of the first big plays of this game. You've just given up a long touchdown. You're down six. And now it's third and two, your first possession of the game, which you're at almost at midfield. You're at the minus 48. But it's third and two. There's only 3.44 left in the first quarter. This is your third offensive play. you got to extend this drive, right? They go empty, and Mac Jones hits Kendrick Bourne on this in-cut on sort of a double-slant flat concept. Now, the Texans don't exactly bring pressure. they got five here. You've got five to block it, and you get it blocked. This is a situation where, in previous weeks, they got this sort of four-man overload to the left side. They might not have gotten this blocked up. They have a four-man slide to the left with Heron, with Ferenc, with Andrews, with Karras, all sliding to the left to take on the overload. There's a stunt in the interior. And Andrews and Karras do a great job at passing it off, right? They do a great job at passing it off. Linebacker loops around, expecting to find... A nice crease, nice little running lane at Mac Jones. But a center and a guard combo that probably don't practice together a ton on stuff like this. They pass it off well. You get Kajus on the backside, handling the one versus one. Mac Jones is able to hand in there and make a throw in a third and two situation to keep that drive alive. So I thought that play was kind of indicative of what we saw from this offensive line against Houston. It was a group that probably hadn't practiced together a ton but you were able to do some impressive things in protecting your quarterback. You know, with respect to the sack, that came on one of those trap pass plays. It's a first and 16, New England at the minus 31. Comes at about the 630 mark of the fourth quarter. You're trying to get the pull, you know, go play action, you get the left guard pulling. And Grenard just comes screaming off the edge, between the guard pulling and the running back, Brandon Bolden, you can't get that guy blocked up. You know, there's really, you know, there's really nothing a the quarterback can do, and b that's kind of the danger when you run that play. This is a play that dated back to the old days of Soch, when we would yell about this in the in the Pats forum, blinded by the Lombardis or whatever it's called now. It's been a while since I've been back there. I remember griping about this play back then, because if you Get a guy that's quick off the edge, he's going to blow that up, similar to how Matthew Judon blew up a trap pass last week against Tampa Bay. And so that's the risk-reward of this. The reward is it's a design that really sort of sells the linebackers on run action and they come screaming downhill, which is why I wanted to go next because as I mentioned in the first half of the show, I do the three-throw series on Twitter Well, I did one on Mac Jones with a big cameo from Hunter Henry, who we'll talk about in a second. But there were a number of plays in this game where run action, play action, really did a good job at sucking those linebackers up, and Jones had opportunities to attack the middle of the field between the numbers, between the hash marks, thanks to play action. You just missed it on this one, but you had other opportunities, and you hit on other opportunities. There were some to Myers. There were some to Hunter Henry. I featured one to Hunter Henry, and so... Play action passing game worked, worked very well against the Houston Texans. Now, as always, the bugaboo is is he attacking enough downfield? Well, you got your vertical throw, right? Play action, Nelson Aguilar in the deep curl, and he missed it. It's that both run back concept, something that Shanahan's been doing, others have been doing. You get the two deep curls, you get guys released into the flat. Now, this is a situation where you do get some pressure. There's a sort of mud pile up front. And France kind of gets run over a little bit late in this play. Defender comes off and forces Jones to make this throw under pressure. And he leaves it to the inside. But he missed this one. Okay. You move on. I thought the touchdown to Hunter Henry was fantastic, both from quarterback and receiver. And it's a great example of understanding the look pre-snap and applying the information post-snap because, and I talked about this in the Twitter video I did, they come out Y-ISO, Hunter Henley's alone to the left side of the formation. Now, they eventually motion Jacoby Myers across to that side, and a defender kind of trails him, But you know it's not going to be man coverage. Why? Because you've got a corner over Hunter Henry. And a corner that's playing with outside leverage. He's trying to force stuff to the inside. You're running flat seven smash. You've got Myers to the flat. Henry's running the corner route. Somehow he's going to get across this defender's face. And Henry does it. And it's a great route to get cross his face to the outside, and Jones anticipates it well Ball is coming out on time, in rhythm. But you've got to drop this in the back corner of the end zone with two extra defenders, right? The end line and the sideline. And Jones gets enough on this throw, yet also drops it over the corner, but in front of those two extra quote-unquote defenders with the sideline and the end line. And Henry, to his credit, does a great job at getting down and establishing possession inbounds because he kind of makes a sliding catch to make sure he gets this inbounds. It's a great read and a great throw. It's very similar, in a sense, to a throw that Aaron Rodgers had that Sunday night game against San Francisco on the double-China 7 concept with the two in-routes and the corner route from the number 3 receiver to the trips Well, you've got to get it over that guy but drop it down in bounds. Jones makes this throw with good anticipation, good placement. It's a great read. And it's a great play. And if you're looking for those, yeah, man, this is the guy kind of throws. That was one. And then of course, look, you get, you know, some of the big plays down the stretch to get yourself into field goal position. You Obviously, kind of like that. Anytime you can get game-winning field goal situation, now certainly helped you get bailed out on a third and eighteen. With a rough-in-the-passer call, you'll take it. But the big play on that drive? Friends. A toss play. And I said this in the Slack channel last week. I said it, you know, on Twitter after it happened. I I tweeted out that in all the craziness of the 1 p.m. Eastern games and how they were ending, the craziest might have been the New England Patriots picking up 24 yards on crack toss when, to that point, I had them, I believe... 15 crack toss plays, 16 yards for a lawn of three on the season. And I talked about this with with some people on Twitter, including Coach Lauren Gaudette, at Coach L-L-G-A-U-D-E-T-T-E. She's a a high school football coach in the New Hampshire area. Uh, Give her a follow on Twitter. We were talking about how, you know, maybe they ran it a lot eight times in week one, kind of gotten away from it in recent weeks. That might be due to some of the shuffling they've had in and out of the lineup, but... 2nd and 10 at the plus 42 with 314 left. They go to crack toss. And you get it blocked up as well as you can block this play. Because you get John Smith with a crack down on the defensive end. Jacoby Myers with a crack on the linebacker. Linebacker knows it's coming. Knows it's coming. Because he's calling out to the corner. Mitchell, you've got to fill here. But then you get the big pull from Justin Heron. He takes on the corner. You've got it blocked up perfectly. Bolden into the open field. safety trying to get over the top of this to fill. Bolden sees that and cuts sort of to the inside. Picks up some extra blocks downfield. Most notably, you get the guard working downfield for ends At the third level. And you get a crack toss play blocked up for plus 24 on a second and 10 at the Houston 42. That gives you a first and 10 at the 18. Clocks running with, you know, now under three minutes to go in a tie game and you're already at field goal range. So in a critical spot, an absolutely critical spot, a play that I was begging Josh McDaniels to tear out of the playbook. They go to it, they get it blocked up, and you get the first down and you're able to get out of Texas with a win. Which, look, like I said, if you would have told me at the start of the season I'd be doing a, a Davis Mills three throws video I would have said you were crazy, but you get out of Texas with a win, and now you get to welcome another Texas team in the Dallas Cowboys who are playing extremely well right now at 4-1 and one next Friday after Sunday afternoon, excuse me, late afternoon game at Gillette. It's going to take a Herculean effort uh, to beat Dallas the way they're playing right now. Defensively, they're playing better than people expected. Offensively, they're playing really well, which I think most people expected given the weapons. But this is going to be a really big measuring stick game. Like, Going to be a really big measure in the game. You had one two weeks ago, right? Against Tom Brady in that environment, national audience. This is the CBS big one, too. You know, you get Romo and Nance on the call. Oh, wait, no. I think it's a Fox game now. No, it is a CBS game. You are going to get Romo and Nance. I thought I'd seen that earlier. Usually the, the road team. Their conference calls it, but I guess they've tinkered with that a little bit. So you're going to get Romo, you're going to get Nancy, you get the whole nine yards. Another measuring stick game. You had the one two weeks ago, you couldn't quite close it out. If you get that same opportunity, you know, Dallas, early number I'm seeing, Dallas favored by four. If you get that opportunity to close this one out, you'll certainly feel a lot better about the team at three and three than you would at uh, two and four. So we're going to talk about this game on Wednesday. Until then, folks, look, survive in advance. They did that. Now go get better. That's the task ahead of this team right now. Go get better. Clean up some of those mistakes on the defensive end in the secondary. You know, be more consistent on offense. Um, we didn't talk about the Jones interception, but oh, we did talk about the Jones interception. Yeah, get that blocked up. You can make a better throw. You'll you'll get everybody the you know the 20 air yards that you'd like on that one completion. So people would like that. Until then, friends, we will talk about this game Wednesday. Until then, stay safe. Check in on your neighbors. Wash your hands, and when you do, sin along. Bless those Patriots' reigns. Donna Foxman.